0: So continuing with our study of the 40 hadith collected by Imam An-Nabawi we're reaching the end of this hadith hadith number 29 We'll have a quick recap of what we covered last session and then we'll continue with the rest of the uh, of the hadith so in this hadith Allah's messenger alayhi salatu was After he has informed us of the way to get into Jannah and the way to be saved from the fire of hell Namely by fulfilling the obligations After that the messenger alayhi salatu was he informs us how to increase our Iman and therefore increase our level in paradise. Doing the obligations, keeping away from the haram is what will enter you into paradise. But as we know, paradise is of levels. So now the Messenger, والسلام, he tells us the thing that will increase our levels in paradise. What is the thing that will increase your levels in paradise? Number one, you do your obligations that will enter you into paradise. Then, what increases your level in paradise? Doing your supererogatory deeds, your non-obligatory but voluntary deeds. And the Prophet he mentioned some examples. How many did he mention? Three examples. What are those three? examples of worship that the Prophet mentioned. He mentioned these three because they're so superior. Salih. Ibn Faisal. Fasting, that's one. one? Uh. Praying in the last third of the night. Salih. No, no, Haytham, that's it. Sorry, he was getting to me. <laughs> okay, so now the Prophet, alayhi not only did he mention, make a mention of these three examples of voluntary deeds, giving charity, praying in the last third of the night, uh, 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 and fasting, meaning voluntary fasting. What else did he mention as well? He, he, not, he not only mentioned these three virtuous deeds, but he also mentioned something else. No, 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 no. Ammar. No, no, no. Ah, sorry. Bilal. No, no, no. Very, good. Very good. Things that will push you to do those good deeds. So what did the Prophet alayhi mention concerning the thing that will push you to fast? What did the Prophet alayhi salatu mention concerning the... The thing that will push you to voluntarily fast, Ammar. Shield, the fasting is a shield. What does he mean by fasting is a shield? It's a shield for you in which sense? Protection, so number one, it's a shield for you in in the dunya in that it's a uh, protection for you from committing haram. And likewise, Ammar. Fantastic. So likewise, it's a shield for you in the afterlife in that it it shields you from the fire of hell. So that is the thing that motivates us to fast. That's a thing that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned concerning fasting that will motivate us to fast. What's the thing that he mentioned that will motivate us to give in charity? Anybody from besides the regulars, besides Ammar, Ridwan, Hatham? What did the Prophet mention in this hadith? That will encourage us to give in charity. It's found in the actual wording of the hadith. Fantastic. Zakr Khariya Yunus. Fasting is uh, giving in charity is something that extinguishes your sins just like fire or water extinguishes fire. Just like water, if you get water, pour it on top of fire. It will extinguish the fire in a similar manner. Fasting extinguishes your deeds. That is something that motivates you now to voluntarily fast. What did the Prophet alayhi mention concerning praying in the last third of the night? What did he mention that will motivate you in praying in the last third of the night? The reward of it. He mentioned an ayah, he mentioned an ayah from the book of Allah within which Allah mentions those people who forsake their beds at night in order to stand in prayer and then Allah then Jalla Ala makes a mention of paradise and the reward of paradise. And that the reward of paradise is such that no man has ever seen, no heart has ever, ever imagined. So that that motivates you to get up When it is hard to get up, difficult to get up. It makes you get up at night time, stand in prayer at night when the rest of the neighborhood is asleep because of your desire to attain that reward mentioned in that ayah. Tamam. After that, the Prophet, he mentioned that the head of the matter meaning the head of the religion is al islam and that its pillar is the salah and that its peak is al jihad what is so significant about islam being the head of the religion what is islam what is the definition of islam bilal Peace is something that a person attains by way of becoming Muslim, by way of entering into Islam, inner peace. Very close. We want a more definitive definition. Submission. Submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing what? You submit to your Lord. You surrender to your Lord. You give yourself up to your Lord by doing what? Na'im. Singling Allah out in worship. That you do not direct anything of worship to anyone or anything besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is Islam. التوحيد, that is the foundation of Al-Islam. Why did the Prophet alayhi describe Al-Islam, meaning submitting and surrendering, surrendering to Allah by worshipping him alone. Why did, he de- why did he describe that as the head of the religion? Uh, if you take away the head of anything, then there'll just be there will be a well, decapitated body essentially. Yani there's nothing, there's no life to it. There's no life to it. It's not alive. It's a dead body. So in a similar fashion, the one who has no Islam, meaning has no Tawhid, his religion is devoid of a Tawhid then there is no fruit, there is no benefit to his actions. If it is the case that a person worships someone besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that claim of testifying that none has a right to be worshipped except Allah, and that Muhammad is his slave and his messenger, that claim is going to be null and void. It's going to be of no benefit to him. This does not mean, however, that if you see somebody prostrating to a grave, that straight away you say you are a disbeliever. You can't do that. If you see somebody committing an act of disbelief, if you see somebody committing an act of kufr, it does not now mean that you can now declare them to be a disbeliever. There are barriers. There are barriers that need to be removed before someone can be declared as being a disbeliever. A lack of uh, ignorance, Um, incorrect misinterpretation, ignorance. Uh, A person not having sanity in being insane. A person doing something out of consciousness he was subconscious when he, he was not conscious when he was doing it and so on and so forth there are of takfir therefore it's not for a person that he sees somebody committing an act of kufr that he ends up declaring that person to be a, a kafir however in general a person that does not have a he does not submit to allah by worshiping him alone that is islam that is the definition of islam then there is no religion to him Just like a body that is not present on their head, then there is no life to that body. Likewise, the Prophet described that the salah is the pillar of the religion. That therefore means that if the the pillar, that support isn't there, then the religion collapses. Just like if you have a, a tent. Tent needs an amood, it needs a pillar. A pillar that holds it up, if that pillar is removed, the tent collapses. Similar to that is your religion. If your religion is devoid of salah, of the mandatory five daily prayers, then your religion collapses. And then we mention that there are scholars, the majority of whom that say that the one who does not pray, is a disbeliever. And then there is likewise the opinion of imam abu hanifa and others shaykh al-albani from the modern day scholars that say that that person is a he he's a sinner an evil doer but he's not a disbeliever allah ta'ala a'lam. then the messenger alayhi salatu he described that the peak of your deen the peak of your religion is al-jihad meaning your izzah the izzah of the muslimin and the strength of the muslimin it lies in al-jihad but as we mentioned, and as we have to mention because of the current climate, that this jihad that the Prophet referred to is not the so-called jihad that ISIS, al qaeda and those of their like, uh, engage in. And we've mentioned that many a times and we've elaborated upon that. This term Al-Jihad, what does it mean? What does Al-Jihad mean? Uh, Ammar. Struggling, striving okay and then what is it in reference to in the islamic sense of the word jihad the uh, common uh, connotation that it carries the common meaning that it denotes is the jihad on the battlefield but that isn't what jihad uh, exclusively means rather the the term jihad in the islamic sense it refers to other things as well in fact as we mentioned last week sheikh zaid ibn Hadil madkali he said this jihad on the battlefield cannot occur unless يعني, it can't occur properly unless it is the case that that person has established the other level of jihad which is shaykh anjam <coughs> learning your deen is inclusive of this jihad this other jihad that we're talking about so learning the deen is part and parcel of it but what do you call that jihad jihad uh, To, to act upon your knowledge that you learn. Okay, but that, all of that theres um, Yet, yeah, Jihad and Nafs. Jihad and Nafs. Striving against your soul. Making Jihad against your soul. And then all of these things that you've mentioned here are part and parcel of Jihad and Nafs. Number one, attaining knowledge. Number two, acting upon that knowledge. Number three, inviting to that knowledge. And number four, Sabr being patient upon all of that being patient upon attaining knowledge being patient upon acting acting upon knowledge and being patient upon Inviting to that knowledge that is jihad and nafs the person that has not Has not done this jihad and nafs the striving of the soul in relation to these things then he can't perform jihad Towards other people the jihad that is performed towards other people and then we elaborated upon this last week jihad towards Other people, in terms of the enemies of Islam that want to physically harm. So, you have a Muslim country that is invaded by another country, then that country has the right to defend its borders. That is considered jihad. Jihad against Ahlul Bid'ah, and we elaborated upon that. Jihad towards the evildoers from amongst the Muslims. How does that occur? By admonishing them. And jihad generally for the Muslims. And that is by reminding them like the uh, Friday sermons. Huh? Jihad of the hypocrites, jihad of the hypocrites, those that profess uh, the hypocrisy like the one who said, Tajdeed ala usul al din the one that, يعني, somebody from the 90s and the 2000s who came from the Arab lands and he said we need to change the principles of the religion. So Sheikh muqbil he said about this person, this person is a munafiq. This person, is a, this person is a hypocrite. So you refute his doubts, and you refute his, his uh, false claims, and you refute, you refute the, the misguidance that he comes with. So, na'am, jihad against the munafiqeen, jihad against ahl bid'ah and the other categories that we mentioned last week. After that, so that was a recap. After that, after that the Prophet, alayhi salatu he said, أَلَا أُخْبِرُكَ بِمِلَاكِ ذَلِكَ كُلِّهِ <clears throat> Shall I not tell you about the thing that governs all of that? So the Mu'adh He said indeed O messenger of Allah and so the messenger of Allah he Grabbed onto his tongue the messenger of Allah. He held onto his own tongue And he said kufa alayka hada, restrain this So then Mu'adh ta'ala he said ya nabi Allah وَإِنَّا لَمُؤَاخذُونَ بِمَا نَتَكَلَّمُ بِهِ He said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, are we going to be taken to account for that which we say? So then the Messenger of Allah, he said, ثَكِلَتْكَ أُمُّكَ May your mother, may she lose you, may she be bereaved over you. وَهَلْ يَكُبُّ الْنَاسِ فِي النَّارِ عَلَىٰ وُجُوهِهِمْ أو قال عَلَىٰ مَنَاخِرِهِمْ إِلَّا حَصَائِدُ أَلْسِنَتِهِمْ he said, will people be flung into the fire of hell, upon their faces, flung and dragged in the fire of hell, upon their faces or upon their nostrils, except because of what their tongues harvested. So in this narration here, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin, he said, This narration here, this statement of the Prophet here, it indicates the danger of the tongue. And that it is the thing that causes a person to fall into destruction. And that the thing that controls all of that and governs all of that is in a person protecting his tongue, safeguarding his tongue, controlling his tongue, such that nothing then emanates from his mouth except that which is good. And then Sheikh Abdul Muhsin he mentioned several narrations in regards to this. From them is the hadith that we have covered before. Whoever believes in Allah and the last day then let him speak a word of good or or keep silent or be quiet And then Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abbad he quotes some statements from Ibn Rajab Al Hanbali rahimahullah ta'ala in which Ibn Rajab he said hadha yadullu ala anna kaff al lisan wa dabtahu wa habsahu huwa asl al khair kullih wa anna man malaka lisana this narration here it indicates that in a person holding his tongue in a person restraining his tongue in a person controlling and restraining his tongue that is the foundation of all good a person controlling his tongue from that control from that restraint so much good rather all good will be produced all good will be produced and the intent by the messenger saying what the tongue harvests meaning people shall be thrown in the fire of hell upon their faces and their nostrils because of what their tongues harvest ابن الراجب حيسد كنسرنج ذيس والمراد بحصائل الألسنة جزاء الكلام المحرم وعقوبته وعقوبته فإن الإنسان يزرع بقوله وعمله الحسنات والسيئات ثم يحصد يوم القيامة ما زرع فمن زرع خيراً من قول أو عمل حصد الكرامة ومن زرع شراً من قول أو عمل hasada so Ibn al-rajab he said that the intent by this statement of the Prophet alayhi concerning what the tongues harvest is the recompense the reward and the recompense of speech that speech that is haram prohibited speech the harvest of the tongue the harvest of your speech Is the punishment that you'll receive As a result of having made That haram speech You said something that was haram You orally professed something that Allah Had prohibited Harvesting That harvesting the What that tongue did Is essentially the punishment that you'll face The anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That you'll face as a result of that haram speech that your tongue uttered why because a human being he ends up reaping from his statements and his actions whether good or evil he ends up reaping whatever he said he ends up reaping from whatever he did whether good or bad and therefore the person who did good and said good, then he shall reap the rewards of honor and nobility in the afterlife. And whoever planted the seed of evil by making an evil statement or doing an evil action in this life, then tomorrow he shall end up suffering nothing other than regret. So this statement here, it indicates that essentially Most evil, most evil, its root is what the tongue has uttered. Its root is speech. Most evil and most punishment in the afterlife, most of the pain, most of the agony, most of the torment, most of that in the afterlife will be as a result of the tongue. Why? because so many sins they are they are associated with the tongue they are brought about because of the tongue A Ash- uh, billah worshiping someone besides allah from the things that br- uh, from the things that bring uh, from the things of, of how shirk is manifested is by a person calling upon other than allah how does a person call upon other than allah By way of his tongue. Likewise, al qadf accusing somebody of adultery, accusing somebody of fornication, is it a minor sin or a major sin? It's a major sin. Is the punishment, is the punishment of it light or heavy in the afterlife? Heavy in the afterlife. How is al qadf how does it occur? Does it occur by you physically doing something? It occurs by your tongue. Likewise, speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without Sultan, without authority. Speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without knowledge. Describing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a manner that does not befit his majesty. Minor sin or major sin? Major sin. Does speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala occur? physically, with your limbs, with your hands, or with your tongue, with your tongue. And therefore this now indicates and it highlights how so many things from the major sins and so much of the punishment and the retribution that awaits the people in the afterlife is as a result and goes back to the tongue. Its foundation was the tongue. Its source was the tongue, or the tongue was The tongue was something that assisted, supported the person in committing that major sin, which resulted him in landing in the fire of hell. So a person lands in the fire of hell upon his face or his nostrils because of his tongue. Why? Because most evil deeds Either emanate from the tongue or the tongue was and alayha. The tongue was something that supported you, assisted you in committing that sin that landed you in the fire of hell. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from the fire of hell. And then next, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin abbad he mentions a statement of Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymeen concerning the statement of the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wa ka may your mother lose you what does this statement what does this statement mean so concerning this sheikh, sheikh Mohammed muhammad bin salih al I uthaymeen he said ay min So this statement of the messenger when he says may your mother May she lose you Meaning may she lose you to such an extent that she becomes Overwhelmed Overwhelmed with sadness and grief because of of having lost you This statement here Does not literally mean May your mother May you die and your mother become sad and struck with grief because of your death. It does not literally mean, may your mother lose her son, may your mother lose her daughter, may your mother lose you until she becomes overwhelmed with grief. But rather this statement is used as an encouragement, as an encouragement towards understanding what is being said. It is said in order for you to be encouraged to understand what I'm about to say. To comprehend what I'm about to say. So it's not understood in its literal meaning. It doesn't literally mean may you perish and thus your mother becomes sad over you being lost. But it is a, the, it is a phrase that is used in order to encourage someone to understand what is being said. It's not, the literal, it's not used in the literal sense of the word but يعني, as we have idioms uh, once in a blue moon i go to i don't know i go to a person says i go to london once in a blue moon does it does it does it literally mean that he goes there in a blue moon it doesn't it's an idiomatic phrase so therefore in this statement of the messiah it should not be understood that the messiah is actually saying may your mother lose you and then and then become overcome with grief over her loss of you. No, it is a phrase that was used, it is a phrase that is used in order to encourage the, the person to understand what is being said. The final part part number seven part number seven is a summary of the benefits of the hadith. And Sheikh Abdul Massah abad he mentioned fourteen points. I hope nobody's gonna ask me at the end to go over every single one of them so Number one I'll, I'll try and say them slowly for the brothers that are taking notes and the sisters that may be taking notes number one the Benefits that we derive from this noble prophetic narration <laughs> This narration here indicates the keenness of the companions in wanting to know good and what will cause a person to reach paradise and become distanced from the fire. This narration indicates the keenness of the companions in wanting to know good and whatever will cause a person to reach paradise and be distanced from the fire. uh, Point number two. This narration here is a proof That Paradise and Hellfire exist, and that they shall remain for eternity, and they shall never cease to exist. This narration is a proof that Paradise and Hellfire do exist. And that they shall be existing, that 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 they'll eternally exist, they'll never They'll never uh, cease to exist. Unlike what some of the Aqlaniyoon, some of the so-called intellectuals they say, that Jahannam, Hellfire, when it's mentioned in the Quran, it is just it is just metaphorical. you find some people saying this. Some evil people that have sold their deen for a lowly pli- price. Sold their deen for the dunya, sold their deen so that they can please those who disbelieve in Allah. You'll find amongst them certain people saying you have to be crazy to believe that hellfire is going to exist for eternity. Yes, Allah Jalla has said that hellfire people will burn in the fire of hell for eternity. Because if that person After Allah has given him plenty of time in this life to show whether he's submissive to Allah or not. When Allah has given a person plenty of time, plenty of respite in this life to show whether he's submissive to Allah or not. He continues to disbelieve. The person continues to disbelieve. He continues to be ungrateful. He continues to be arrogant towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if Allah had eternally granted him, had given him life for eternity, then he would have disbelieved in Allah for eternity. And he would have been arrogant and haughty towards Allah for eternity. And he would have been mustakbir upon this earth, arrogant and haughty and proud upon this earth for eternity. And therefore Allah has granted him a befitting punishment which is a punishment for eternity. But as for these people who at one time were extremists, this shows the nature of the khawarij. The khawarij, as the messenger said, they enter, into the, they shall enter and exit the deen, just like the arrow enters and exits the hunting prey. The Khawarij, the extremists like ISIS, al Qaeda, these type of people. The Prophet of Islam, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, spoke about them 1,400 years ago, saying, <coughs> they'll enter and exit the Deen, just like the arrow enters and exits the hunting prey. This is what you see with the Khawarij. You see a man being one of the, even figureheads of the Khawarij, figureheads of al Qaeda or ISIS, Al-Muhajirun. Hizb ut Tahrir as they were in the UK back in the 90s and the early 2000s you'll find a person for example affiliated to the group such as Hizb ut Tahrir or perhaps a figurehead for the group Hizb ut Tahrir he wants he says that he wants to establish a Khilafah a Khilafah in an Islamic state in Pakistan so he flies over to Pakistan in order to establish what he considers An Islamic State, people that have no knowledge of the Aqeedah, people who reject certain matters of Aqeedah and so on and so forth. You'll find them saying, yes, we want to establish an Islamic State. And then he gets imprisoned. After he gets imprisoned, then when when he's released from prison, then after a while you see him changing up until he starts saying that what? Jahannam, it is metaphorical. When Allah speaks about Jahannam, it's metaphorical. It doesn't mean that Allah will actually put people in the fire of hell. So before he was on the one extreme of the Khawarij declaring people to be disbelievers saying that his own mother is a disbeliever. He was on one extreme extreme of the Khawarij and then when whatever happened to him happened in life he went to the other extreme just as the messenger said They shall enter and exit the religion just as the arrow enters and exits the hunting prey. Now you find people like this saying that hellfire, it is just metaphorical. Drawing cartoons of the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam and Isa alayhi salam, there's nothing wrong with this. The ayat that speak about the capital and corporal punishments, we need to do away with them. This is as a result of having been an extremist. When you are an extremist, then this is what it led you to. To kufr, statements of kufr and actions of kufr. Point being, anyhow, this duration it shows that Jannah and Jahannam they are present and that they shall never perish. Number three. <laughs> This narration it shows that worship is performed out of hope in entering into paradise and out of hope in being saved from the fire of hell, and thus a fear of entering into the fire of hell. Worship is performed out of hope and fear. Hope of entering into paradise, fear of entering into hellfire, and worship is not performed. Worship is not performed therefore, worship is not performed as and how some of the Sufis say that it's just performed out of love of Allah. Not out of hope, not out of fear, just out of love, no. We can clearly see from this narration, worship is performed out of hope and out of fear. The companion asked the Prophet to tell him of actions. By way of which he can enter into paradise. By way of which he can be distanced from the fire of hell. Clearly showing that actions are performed. So that a person can by way of those actions enter into paradise. By way of those actions be saved from the hellfire. But not such that the paradise is an equivalent of those actions as we've mentioned before. Number four. In this narration, Bayan Ahamiyat al Amal al Mas'ul Anhu wa Annahu This narration here it highlights how important those actions that the Prophet ha, uh, indicated towards how they are great and mighty. <coughs> those actions that the Prophet mentioned, this narration shows how they are so great and so Azim, so mighty. Number five that the path of reaching uh, safety and salvation is difficult. The path to paradise does involve labor, does involve hard work. It's not something that a person can get just by sitting down. It does require toil and labor. However, Allah, Jalla Ala, He will make easy for you that hard work. He will make easy for you that toil and labor by his father by his father by his favor subhanahu wa ta'ala the path to paradise is not such that you can just sit down and relax without doing any effort no requires effort requires labor and that path to paradise that does require labor and toil and work and effort Allah will facilitate for you that path he'll make easy for you that path by his favor number six That the most important thing that human beings and Jinn have been burdened with is singling out Allah with worship. The most important thing for which human and Jinn kind have been burdened with is is Ibadatullah is the singling out of Allah with worship. And that is the thing for which the books were revealed, and that is the thing for which the prophets were sent. Number seven. I hope everyth- everybody's got everything so far. صح? You don't have six? Six was this last thing. Huh? Six was the last thing. What's the, what's the last thing that I just said? Hmm? Did nobody get it? Ammar. Huh? The most important thing that humankind and jinn kind have been burdened with is tawhid. <coughs> that is the reason why books were revealed, and that is the reason why prophets were sent. Number seven. Worship of Allah is not considered is not considered valid unless it's based upon the two testimonies of faith. Worship of Allah is not considered valid unless it is based upon the shahadatayn, the two testimonies of faith. Number eight. This hadith highlights the great importance of the five pillars of Islam the Prophet mentioned the five pillars of Islam when he was asked about those things that will take a person to paradise and save him from hellfire so therefore this hadith highlights the Islam the great significance of the five pillars of Islam number nine number nine
1: The obligations
0: that have been mentioned in in this hadith have been mentioned in order of their importance. The obligations that have been mentioned in this hadith have been mentioned in order of importance. Number 10. in this hadith there is an encouragement to perform vol- voluntary deeds alongside the mandatory deeds you have to perform the mandatory deeds that's why they're mandatory but likewise in this hadith is an encouragement to perform the voluntary deeds number 11 that the greatest of things via which a person can get close to Allah after he's performed the obligations are the greatest of things are the greatest of acts the greatest of acts that a person can get close to Allah after he's performed the obligations is charity fasting and the night prayer you perform the volu- you perform the mandatory deeds after that what thing from the acts of worship exist that can get you close to Allah the most it is fasting it is charity and it is standing in prayer at night Number 12, number 12 is that this hadith highlights the importance of the prayer and that it is a pillar of Islam. Number 12, this hadith highlights the importance of the prayer and that it is a pillar, yani a support of Islam. Number 13, in it, the hadith highlights the virtue of jihad and that it is the summit, the peak of Islam. Meaning the honor of Islam in it is the honor of the Muslimin and the of the Muslimin And number 14 the last point in this hadith The danger of the tongue has been highlighted And that it is the thing that leads to destruction and causes a person to fall in the fire Does anything need repeating Yes? What needs repeating? Number nine. Amar, have you got number nine? Khalas, when you go home, get it from your brother. Huh? <laughs> Nothing else? No, no, no. Naeem. No, no, no. Number four. No, no, no. Who can share number four with Sheikh Naeem? <laughs> Kif, say that again. Yeah. This hadith highlights the importance of those. Actions those deeds that were mentioned in this hadith Anything else Say that again, were any of the prophets Jinn? That which I recall the scholars mentioning, that no, yeah, another, yeah. another, they have another. In fact, yes, Sheikh Abdul al he mentioned it in any um, one of the lessons that we did previously. They had another, they had warners, 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 another, warners. They are given the title as another, nadir is the plural of Nadir which means a Warner but they want prophets they are muttered they are synonymous in meaning if anything else unless anything else needs to be repeated or clarified I apologize for taking your time to 14 points There was no point going stopping at point number seven and going home. Allah ta'ala a'alam wa salli Allahumma ala nabina Muhammad wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.